This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be your dog till I die. Between the hedges, look at fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense gonna turn up, but the defense gonna win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. Welcome in. We're back from our hiatus, our COVID-19 hiatus. The team took a COVID-19 hiatus, so we did as well. Uh, we're back better than ever. It is Mississippi State Week. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. Joining me as always, Coach Israel Troop. Israel, what's up, man? What's going on? Glad to be back. Uh, last week was Great for football, for other conferences, but boring if you were an SEC football fan. Yeah, no doubt there was uh, not much on the not much on the plate there uh, as far as SEC goes. It, what ended up being the best game as far as uh, tight score was the Vandy Kentucky game. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, Georgia was obviously off on uh, COVID protocol, as was Alabama, LSU, A and M, Tennessee, Auburn, and Mississippi State. All were off on COVID nineteen protocol. Uh, including Missouri as well. So uh, lots happening uh, in the world of college football. But first, want to uh, remind you, you can find us on Twitter at Believe in Dogs. You can find Israel at TroopStar28. You can find me at CoachBurton36, uh, at Burton.Corey on Instagram. Uh, and it's the same handle for Israel on Twitter and Instagram um, alike. Our our show is brought to you by uh, BetOnline.ag. Well, the NFL season is in full swing. College is... Um, almost fully swung, uh, but you you might not be at the game, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Some interesting game, uh, some interesting game spreads this uh, this week with uh, with the NFL. Be interested to see what what some of them look like. Uh, the Falcons are only four and a half point underdogs to the Saints. I guess that's the Jameis Winston factor. Uh, that's an interesting spread. The Steelers are ten point favorites over the Jaguars in NFL terms. That's a huge spread. Um, the battle of the bottom feeders, the Bengals Redskins, that is a just about a pick 'em. Uh, it's a one point uh, spread there. Uh, the the they're still calling them the Redskins on uh, on Bet Online, but the Washington Football Team, I guess, is how we should um, <laughs> how we should look at them. Uh, Cowboys are nine point underdogs at Minnesota. Uh, Green Bay is two point two and a half point underdogs at Indy. The the Chargers are nine and a half point favorites. Didn't think I'd ever see that, but it is the New York Jets. Patriots are two point favorites over the Texans. Also, never thought I'd uh, see that ever. <laughs> uh, the Eagles three and a half point dogs in Cleveland. Talk about wow. Um, there's some you know talk about interesting spreads. Any of those stand out to you? Uh, not really. Uh, this NFL season has been uh, very interesting. Um, you know, last week. Well, I guess it was Sunday night. You know, Drew Brees went down um, with a rib injury. You know, all prayers to him. Hope he gets better. Um, but just watching them without him in the game, you know, the Saints are looking, you know, look, look a little off. But I know, 
you know, Coach Payton to get that going. But this season just been it's been great to watch him. You know, those guys are playing with such excitement. You know, just because they're being able to play and they're still playing hard. So um, I try to stay away from you know betting on the NFL because you just never know what you know what team is going to come up and show out. You know, sometimes the better team doesn't even end up winning, um, like that uh, Seahawks and Rams game. So. Um, I just love just seeing them play, you know, and just seeing how hard they're playing. They're playing like college football is playing, you know, because they, they realize that it could be the last one for them. So they're, they're enjoying it, and it's, it's making the NFL football a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, it's creating a sense of urgency in these games, and uh, that's that's been really refreshing to see. Um, I'm glad to see the fi- the Cleveland Browns finally got some decent coaching. Uh, they, they're they're improving every week. They look like a competent group, even with o- OBJ out. Uh, the Eagles are kind of up and down. That NFC East, man, I would in any any game, any line uh, involving the NFC East, I would turn the other way and run, uh, <laughs> run, 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 run a four two nine forty away from any NFC East game, um, especially the Eagles-Browns game, because I don't know which way that game's going to go. Uh, so I'm going to stay right away from that. So a lot of interesting spreads here. The Steelers looking to go 9-0 and against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a mess, man. Um, looks like Gardner Minshew probably going to be out for quite some time with uh, with those fractured bones in his hand. Uh, that's never never a good deal. And, and you hate to see the Minshew, Minshew mania, Minshew magic. Um, it it kind of went poof uh, with those uh, fractures in his hands, so um, be interesting to kind of see what what uh, what happens in the draft. So just thought I'd uh, throw out some interesting odds here on on NFL games. I might throw one in our pick'em later on this week. So be on the lookout for that, Israel. Um, but from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. That never closes. Are you still a blackjack guy? No, I'm not a blackjack guy as of late, but I might get back into it over this Thanksgiving break since I have a little bit more time on my hands to actually sit down and pay attention to what's going on. There you go. Yeah, blackjack is a is a fun game. I'd be interested to kind of see what other casino games look like on Bet Online. I, I might check some of that stuff out too as as my time starts to kind of wind down. But uh, so head to BetOnline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, man. So yeah, it was an interesting weekend of college football. Lots of storylines. Uh, you know, last time we spoke, we were talking about the Georgia quarterback situation. That's probably the most important thing going on, uh, most important conversations going on in uh, Dog Nation. Also, uh, Will Muschamp, we'll get into that. Um, his dismissal from the University of South Carolina, quite frankly, I'm surprised not that it happened, just when it happened. So we'll kind of take a look at uh, some conversations that are circling uh, Dog Nation as far as the Will Muschamp firing. Uh, two weeks ahead of their matchup with Georgia. So uh, let's talk about the quarterback situation. Last time we left you, Stetson Bennett had some shoulder issues. Dewan Mathis had some I-can't-perform-in-pressure uh, situations going on. Uh, Carson Beck has still got some freshman issues going on, I guess. Uh, can't seem to crack the lineup. Uh, but when we left you, there was an open quarterback battle uh, between Carson Beck, Dewan Mathis, and JT Daniels. Um, obviously, Stetson was nursing that shoulder, so he wasn't a part of that competition. He was probably going to be inactive anyway um, for the Missouri game, so even if he was well enough, uh, he wasn't going to be in that uh, competition, I don't think. So um, it, it moves to th- this week. We welcome Mississippi State. So how do you see the quarterback situation? I, I'm hearing that JT Daniels is finally going to get a shot. He's finally well enough to uh, to compete at an SEC level and and feel comfortable with Coach Monken and Coach Smart uh, giving him a chance to get out there and move around. So uh, the quarterback situation, JT Daniels, do you feel good about that? Do you not feel good about it? Is it one of those things? Wait and see. Um, I'm more of a wait and see uh, with this situation. Um, I've been reading headlines and um, kind of reading through, and it it kind of scares me a little bit that. One one story said that he's finally getting into the playbook, you know, like he's supposed to. And I'm like, as a quarterback, you know, you need to be very familiar with the playbook more than anybody else on the football field. Um, so that alarms me just a little bit. But, um, you know, obviously the young man has talent. Um, and obviously everybody's been waiting for the JT Daniels show anyway. So um, I'm excited to see him play. Um, you know, I, I, I've heard – I've watched him play when he was at USC and – 
you know, barring injury, I think he has a great year um, the year that he got hurt. So um, the JT Daniel show is, is coming into existence. Um, you know, I just, I just hope that he performs the way that everybody's been hoping and waiting for him to perform um, for his sake and for our sake for that matter. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, it's especially since, you know, he hadn't been in the game yet, um, even in um, even in late games when we're up. So it, it's been interesting not to see him in, and then he's going against an SEC opponent and starting, you know, if that's the case. So um, I'm, I'm very much on the wait and see how it goes um, with him um, this weekend, if he is the guy to start um, against Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm excited to see kind of what he brings to the table. He's a former five-star. Uh, his last bit of action, I guess, was right before he got hurt his uh, sophomore year, uh, which was, I think, last year, uh, right before he got hurt. Um, the 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 full year that he started, he was one of those that graduated high school a full year early. So he was actually supposed to be starting his senior year of high school, but instead he was starting his freshman year of college and he was actually starting for the USC Trojans. So I don't know what that tells you about their quarterback situation and how they had to rely on a on a uh, way too early, way too soon uh, freshman. Um, but they did nonetheless. And, you know, he's a, he's a five-star coming out of high school, did a lot of impressive things at these camps and did a lot of impressive things at modern-day high school, um, went against some great competition in Southern California, uh, came out of the gate strong at USC, does a lot of great things, uh, delivers a powerful ball, an accurate ball. Uh, but then when he got hurt, you know, I think that messed with his confidence a little bit. That messed with his mechanics. I think uh, before he actually went down, I think there was some there was some stuff there that was messing with his mechanics. And I, I think he's kind of all scrambled up now. Um, he allowed Keaton Slovis to uh, to take his spot. Uh, he didn't look back, and and so that's kind of why he's here. Um, and he's still recovering. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously there was probably some setbacks with his knee. He's probably not comfortable. He's probably not performing, uh, even though he was medically cleared and relatively uh, football cleared. I guess uh, you know some of the mental aspects of it, and and being able to to deliver at the capability you're able to deliver coming off such a serious injury. That takes time as well. So the fact that he hasn't played yet and the fact that he's finally kind of getting his confidence back, I think that'll speak more to it than the coaches just being stupid and, and, and benching him for petty reasons or whatever. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Hopefully, for Georgia's sake, they can find somebody that, that they can lean on to finish out the season strong, um, whether that's Stetson, whether that's uh, JT Daniels. I'd love to see Daniels get a shot if he's ready. Uh, see what he can do. Um, if that ends up being the kid, Carson Beck, you know, so be it. You know, wh- whoever it is, eight and two is the goal. Mm-hmm. And you're not out of the race yet because Florida's still got some football to play too. And given the year 2020, anything can happen. And, you know, they, you know, Florida passed the passed the first big test of being in the, in the driver's seat this weekend. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of football left, and and you got to find some you got to find some ways to to make plays at the quarterback position. You got to find some ways to be more explosive on offense. If that's what if that's with JT, great. Um, if that's with Stetson, still great. If Dewan Mathis somehow figures something out, I don't think he will, but if he does, great. Um, and then you know, of course, same thing to be said about uh, about Carson Beck. Got to find some playmakers. Got to find some guys around him. Uh, the receiver position is is somewhere that really needs to step up. Uh, it's been a position that I feel like has been relatively underperforming, uh, given the given what we should have and given what we should be able to do at that position. I feel like they've been kind of underperforming a little bit. They've been playing good, but not great. Uh, they should be kind of at that great, almost elite level uh, right now. What do you think of the receivers? Um, like you said, I think I think we just got to pick up our play. Um, of course, it it's easy to say that um, you know just from outside looking in. But right now they got a lot going on, especially when, you know, your, your quarterback situation just in such disarray. disarray. And, um, you know, right now um, we got we got one guy, you know, and that's uh, Karius, John, Karius Jackson. Um, so we need the rest of them to step up. You know, hopefully we get George Pickens back um, this week. Um, I know he's been out with an injury, and, you know, we just had a big injury this um, in the Florida game. Um, so we just need all the guys to, you know, step up and do their part. You know, one thing that I preach is always do your job. Um, and right mm-hmm. now we just we just got guys who, you know, that just they kind of don't know what to do. 
you know, and they're young, you know, so I don't hold that against them at all. We, we've all had a moment in football where, where we, we've been young, you know, you get thrown into a situation and, you know, bullets start flying and, you know, you get nervous. That's all it is. You know, those nerves start to kick in, um, and, you know, and stuff that you've gone over all week and you know it, you know, forwards and backwards, you know, when it's against somebody else and they, they do stuff that you maybe haven't seen or a different technique, um, you know, it throws you, up, throws you off your game a little bit. And, you know, that all that will come with experience. Um, but with the, the with the quarterback circus and everything going on with that, I think um, somebody's got to be a leader in that room and say, "Look, guys, we got to help. We got to help our guys out. Um, we got we got to get in and out of our breaks. Um, we got to you know create separation and just just little things like that to you know help the quarterback out and make them grow. You know that confidence in you, uh, whether it's JT Stetson." Uh, Mathis or Carson Beck, you never know who's in there, but make it make sure that your position group is consistent, you know, and can make plays for the quarterback no matter who it is. And I think I think we'll be fine. Um, but that and also that comes with growth. You know, this is the first time that Georgia's had pretty much an all freshman group um, starting, you know, at, at the wide receiver position, even at the tight end position as well. So, um, you know, and that you've, you know, just it, it, it brings a little bit of concern, you know, especially when you don't have a solidified quarterback back there. So um, for them, you know, they got to grow up fast. And right now, you know, the goal, like you said earlier, is going eight and two. Um, and they got to grow up right now and be like, hey, you know, th- this is on us. You know, let, let's help. Let's help out our offense by doing what we're supposed to do. Exactly. I mean, that if there's ever a position group that's reliant on another position group more so than wide receiver to quarterback, I, I you know, I, I don't know if there's a, if there's another group that's like that. Uh, I guess you could lump the tight ends in there with that as well. But, um, you know, you, you got to, you know, with, with some of these young guys, you know, I, I feel like uh, with the youth is starting to show, I, I guarantee you some of these guys that played in the Florida game probably didn't think they were ever going to play again. And, you know, probably were surprised by it. And, and it's the old adage of stay ready. You never know when your chance is going to come. I mean, that especially came true this, uh, this past game. I, I was going to say this past week, but we didn't play, but um, you know, that's something that's got to be, you know, now it can kind of really be hammered home. Like, Hey, you truly never know. You better be ready. Cause your number is going to be called. The safeties learned that the hard way as well. Uh, some of these receivers learned that the hard way as well. And, and then these quarterbacks, you know, again, they just got to get on the same page, honestly, and and they've got to figure out. You know, I just don't think they have any confidence in in knowing who's going to be back there and and who likes what and you know, does he like my break here or there? Does he, you know, is he uh, get the ball out quick? Is he going to put it on me as soon as I as soon as I turn my head? Is it going to be one of those I turn my head and he's going to make sure I'm open before he throws it? It's there's a whole lot that goes into the timing between wide receivers and 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 quarterbacks that you have to kind of work all that out. And, and uh, it's, it's hard enough when you got a brand new starter. Uh, but then when you're shuffling guys in and out and can't figure out who, who you want to start and who you don't want to start, uh, it gets even more tricky because different guys have different preferences with their receivers and different guys communicate differently um, with each other. And, and so you've got to find that, you've got to find that solid guy. And I think JT can be that, but we don't know. And, and we hope in this Mississippi State game he'll get a chance to and uh, these guys can get on the same page and maybe make some explosive plays. So uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the tight ends bouncing back. They had a they had a rough go at it. I think every single one of them dropped a pass at some point. Um, McKitty's been kind of disappeared. Darnell Washington uh, been here or there spotty. Uh, Fitzpatrick has been mostly involved in run game stuff. So the offense is just disjointed all around, and, and they just got to figure out some things to, you know, for the run, the running game has to complement the passing game, vice versa. They just kind of have to be all on the same page, and they're not really on the same page right now. And that's kind of where some of these troubles lie. So um, I'm excited. Hopefully, we'll get some uh, get some guys back. Uh, Kenny McIntosh is somebody that is raring to go. He's getting closer and closer, um, and he's gonna he's gonna provide a, a much needed boost to the running back room. Kendall Milton is expected to miss the next two weeks. That's a that's a big that's a big blow. But then you got Zamir and, and James Cook that can really shoulder the load there. So uh, that's good as well. So the offense that you know that's gonna be the story of the next few weeks. How can the offense get going? Uh, how can they get on the same page? How can you know? How can they do what they need to do to get back to playing Georgia football? Same with the defense, really. You could say the same for the defense. But the defense, really, 
They've got experience. They just gotta, you know, they just gotta fix some of these breakdowns in communication. That's all. That's that's all it is, you know. With especially when you got young guys who, um, who who are just not experienced at those positions, you know. When you use your quarterback um, of the defense, he gets hurt. Um, you got young guys trying to go in, you know, make things happen, and then it starts spinning, and people start moving, and and they just don't know what to do. So, you know, just basically on defense, you know, just get back to the basics, you know, find out a, a base coverage and a base defense that they can that they can do and they can do well um, that doesn't require a lot of thinking. And, you know, just roll with that. And, you know, at the corner position, you know, we got we to gotta pick it up. We got to understand when there's a wheel route being thrown, um, you know, and come off of it, you know. So uh, just little things like that, that that I know for a fact, you know, that they'll, they'll get it and they'll pick it up. So, um, I think this week, I think that's pretty much what they were working on, you know, just getting back and um, getting back to the basics. Because um, our defense is good, you know, no matter who you put in there, you know, against Florida, you know, we had a couple of miscues, especially stopping the wheel route. But, you know, I'm pretty sure they got that fixed. And, you know, like I said, it's just all about doing your job, um, doing your job and mm-hmm. doing it well and, you know, not having those moments where you're, you're confused or essentially because you're scared. Um, you know, and don't don't worry about don't let nervousness peak in your mind. Whatever you do, you do it full speed. You do it 100. percent um, And a lot of times, when you do it 100 percent and you're not scared and you go in there flying around, you know, great things happen. So I think our defense is fine. Um, but like I said, just getting back to the basics and realizing that okay, guys, here we go. This is what this is what we do well. Um, so let's get back to doing that. Let's get back to having a relentless abandonment and 11, 11 hats flying to the football. No doubt, no doubt, and uh, I think it's. I think it goes without saying, and and you know, it just just recoup, re regather yourself, clear your mind. Uh, this week off uh, with Missouri, I guess, was a blessing in disguise uh, because it allows everybody to get healed up, mentally clear. I mean, you know, Ben Cleveland uh, took the weekend off. He did some hunting and some fishing. <laughs> Uh, and, and he went out and just spent some time outside, watched some of the Masters, just got his mind off football. And so that was, uh, you know, hopefully a lot of guys did uh, something uh, along those lines where they just kind of, you know, sometimes you just need that mental reset. And, and this year has been a grind uh, because of all the uncertainty, uh, because of all the, okay, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? Are we going to play our normal schedule? Are we going to play a modified schedule? Okay, we're playing the SEC. Okay, cool. Here, who are we going to play? Okay, all right, here's our schedule. Oh, crap. Uh, the, the, the the first five games are a gauntlet. Okay, there's been some COVID cancellations. Okay, all right. Um, you know, when are we playing? Okay, so we're, we're on. Great. Um, okay, we got our bye weeks this week now, not next week. Okay. Uh, and then just a lot of uncertainty, I guess. And, and so, you know, you, you just dealing with that alone is, is crazy. I mean, I, I know I'm still, I mean, I'm just now our season ended, uh, the Friday before last, I, I had a full week of no football last week and I was exhausted all last week, just trying to recover <laughs> from all of that, you know, at the high school level, I can only imagine, uh, projected onto the college level, you know, the expectations are still there. But you take away all of the normal um, stuff that you go through, and it just throws you for a loop. And and you know these are young men, but they're still young. They're still Trent. A lot of them are still going from kid to young man, mm-hmm. and it takes a toll on you mentally. And and so you know, I, you you knew some stuff like this was going to happen. Bam, Bama is just I I don't understand how how they I don't understand how they function, man. It's it's crazy. It, it it just makes it even more impressive that they're doing what they're doing. So um, that's just, you know, mentally, hopefully we're ready. Hopefully we come out and take care of business and, and let's just finish this season on a strong note. That's definitely, I think last week, you know, uh, the Missouri getting hit with code was a blessing in disguise. You know, you just came off, um, going into Kentucky, you just came off a loss to Alabama, which in my opinion, we were the better team. At, at that particular game, you know, in the second half, you know, you realize why Alabama's Alabama. But that day during that first half, you know, we were the better team. Um, so you come off of that loss and then you play Kentucky and that game just kind of lulls along, you know, um, not really a lot of excitement. And then you get a week off, you know, but you're still preparing for Florida. 
You know, so you go in that Florida game, you know, the first two series, boom, touchdown, you know. And then that game just kind of gets away from you real fast. So, you know, um, now you got to regroup and get ready for a, re- a, pr- a pretty good Missouri team. Um, but yeah. luckily, you know, COVID hits and, you know, I think our coaching staff saw the writing on the wall and said, hey, guys, look, you guys go regroup, you know, get your mind right, and then we'll come back, you know, this week. And I think, like I said, I think it was a blessing to Scott because I think, you know, mentally um, we weren't there. Physically, we're fine. But mentally, you know, we, we, we were struggling, you know. And it was very apparent in that Florida game that, you know, those things start to creep back in your mind of the things that's happened the weeks before. So um, I think with, with COVID happening uh, to Missouri and us having to cancel that game, I think it's really helped our guys. Like you said, being Cleveland, you know, went fishing, um, went hunting, you know, stuff like that. Just kind of get your way, get your mind off of football for a little while. And then th- this week leading to Mississippi State, you know, you're like, okay, I'm ready. You know, and that, that sometimes that's all it takes. You just need to re- recharge your battery, you know, um, figure out, you know, what's important right now. And then, you know, once you get back, you're like, okay, here we go. I got my mind right. Let's go to work. Absolutely. And, uh, that's, that's the way to go. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put a, put a bow on this and look forward to, uh, to next week. So, uh, some things, uh, happening also, um, and, and since we last spoke to you, uh, Malik Herring and Trey McKitty, they have accepted invitations to play in the senior bowl. Uh, they will be wearing Georgia helmets. Um, un- unlike hopefully Jamie Newman won't be wearing one. He'll be wearing a Wake Forest helmet. Uh, Deandre Baker, if you haven't seen the news on him, um, Earlier, he got arrested, and he's been going through a uh, armed robbery ordeal. Those charges were just dropped, and I think they arrested his lawyer on extent on extortion charges, among others. So DeAndre is, uh, I'm I'm sure, very thankful. Dog Nation's very thankful, and I'm glad that you know I'm glad that the truth came out on that situation. I'm glad that he was exonerated from that, and, and I'm glad that there was. Um, you know, some things that, that didn't happen on his front. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to, to know that they sorted all that out um, as well. So, it, you know, anything on those notes? And I'm, I'm happy for that young man. Um, you know, I've, I've I had a chance to watch him um, at practice um, a couple of years ago. And, you know, when I heard the news, I was like, that, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like him. You know, I don't know him personally, but just from his demeanor and stuff, that doesn't sound like anything he would do. And especially after signing such a big deal, you know, you just went in the first round, and next thing you know, you're out here trying to rob somebody. It just, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm really glad um, that 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 the truth came out. Um, you know, and it just shows you just how 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 bad people are in this world. You know, um, you're going to try yeah. to extort a young man, um, for, and for, and for what? Like you just thought you weren't going to get caught. Um, so um, I'm very, exactly. I'm very happy for him. Um, and I, and I hope he can get his career back on track, um, because that his career took a blow because of that too. Um, you yeah. know, so um, I'm very happy for him. So hopefully, hopefully somebody picks him up, you know, he's a free agent now. Um, and, and I'm sure somebody's looking for a corner. Um, Arthur so hopefully somebody, yeah, especially get, in get, Atlanta. Get Arthur Blank on the line. <laughs> so, They're looking for one. Um, I don't know if you're a Falcons fan or not, but yeah, they, they definitely, they desperately need some, some corners. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, that happens. And congratulations to our guys that are playing the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, that that's a big deal. That is always a, a big game, you know, especially for guys that, are, that have aspirations going to the NFL. So congratulations to, to those young men. Hopefully, you know, they remain healthy through it all and, and are able to put on a show. No doubt. And I uh, look forward to seeing – I always, always look forward to seeing uh, dogs perform well in, uh, in the NFL – uh, in the NFL, the NFL draft, the combine, and, and the senior bowl, and whatever other postseason thing that they do. Um, also, uh, it was a very lackluster uh, weekend as far as SEC football goes. Only three games. Uh, Vanderbilt, Kentucky ended up being the tightest score, but I mean, come on. It, you know, I, I think you, you watch that game and you're just like, eh. Uh, Ken Seals had a great game, uh, 21 of 32, 225 and two touchdowns, which for Vandy, that's a freaking, that's like a Pat Mahomes uh, performance in, in their context right now. Um, it's good to see him finally get some positive momentum, I guess. Uh, even in a loss, that was probably their best game they've played all year. Um, Arkansas, very valiant effort, uh, but a 21-point fourth quarter for Florida. 
sealed it 63-35 there. Um, they they played them they played them tight for a little while. Also, the the twenty eight point twenty eight to seven uh, second quarter didn't help didn't help matters either. Um, I'm sensing a pattern with Florida. If you can stop them in, if you can just set the clock to either first quarter or third quarter, <laughs> and just leave it there. Don't even put a two up there. Florida might do poorly because um, they you know it was seven seven in the first quarter. Um, then then Florida blew up and had 28 points. They went on a 20, 28 to seven run in the second. Again, they only they, they put a, a seven spot in the third quarter. Um, Arkansas was consistent the first three quarters and then uh, then they had a 21 14 fourth quarter. So um, Florida does well at the end of each half, um, which I guess is what you want in a team. And then uh, Ole Miss put a 59-burger on South Carolina. Matt Corral had 513. He was 28 of 32 with four touchdowns. Um, Kevin Harris, the lone bright spot for the Gamecocks, uh, 25 carries, 243 yards, and five touchdowns uh, for uh, for the Gamecocks. But they were losers again um, in this game. Will Muschamp is now a coaching free agent. South Carolina sits at 2-5. and five. Mike Bobo, your, your guy. Coach Bobo is the interim head coach for the South Carolina Gamecocks. I hope he does well this week, not next week, but then uh, the following <laughs> weeks after that. So, um, Will Muschamp, a lot, lot of chatter going on there. Uh, does Kirby bring him on as an analyst to finish the year? Would you welcome that? Man, I, I definitely would. Um, you know, Coach Muschamp is a is a very good defensive mind. You know, and, and it's the old adage that some guys are good coordinators and not good head coaches. And I think, um, unfortunately for him, you know, he just caught a bad break at a couple of places, you know, trying to take over a South Carolina program that, that had been struggling for a little bit. Um, but, you know, the, the kids loved him. Um, the coaching staff loved him. So, you know, you hate to see and, – and especially with you and I being in the profession, you hate to see somebody get fired, you know, because that means that the family's affected, you know, and everything like that. So, um, hopefully – He'll bounce back on his feet uh, rather quickly. Um, but I would welcome him to Georgia, you know, to be an analyst, you know, um, especially to finish out the season, you know, kind of help Kirby out um, and Coach Landing out, you know, with different things that he's you know, he's seen and um, different stuff like that. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who picks him up. I know I'm pretty sure LSU will be looking for defensive coordinator at the end of the year. Um, so any Big 12 school is definitely looking for a coordinator. So he won't he won't be out on the market very long. Um, and with uh, South Carolina, you know, Coach Bobo's taking over interim. Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of essentially a job interview for him. You know, hopefully he does well. Um, he can finish out the season strong, like you said, for all intents purposes, except for against us. Um, so um, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they finish out the season, the morale of the team, um, and things like that. I think Horn has already declared for the NFL draft um, their corner. So you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward with this situation. Yeah, I mean, obviously they got their eyes on on Hugh Freeze, but on the on the Muschamp piece, I mean, you know, great player development. Um great um you know, on the defensive side of the ball and recruiting defensive defensive cats. You know, Muschamp is not a bad coach, you know, and and I don't I don't think there is such thing as bad coaches. In, in this, I mean, there are, but you know, in a lot of these scenarios, like if you get elevated to an SEC level head coach, you're not a bad coach. Maybe you're just not great in that situation. You know, he's a. I, I think he's a. I think he could be a tremendous defensive coordinator for somebody. You know, just because it didn't work out for him as a head coach doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad coach. Same with Derek Mason. Maybe Derek Mason's just not fit to be a head coach, at least in in the SEC. Maybe you know, may, maybe where he's more comfortable in the Pac-12. I don't know. Um, I'd like to see him get another chance somewhere else, but it's just not working out for him at Vanderbilt. And just because it doesn't work out doesn't mean they're bad. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of factors that go into it um, that that can derail you or or make things easy for you. You know, for Lincoln Riley, you know, he was fortunate to be able to uh, further develop these transfer quarterbacks that he got, and he was able to have a great run. We don't know if he was ready or not. Now he's got a freshman quarterback. He's dealing with a whole new set of circumstances, and he's still doing pretty daggum well uh, considering the fact of what he has at the quarterback position, which I don't necessarily believe in Spencer Rattler. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's some there's some things happening, um, you know, behind the scenes that, that can derail you. You know, you lose trust in the – you know, Urban Meyer said it best. You lose trust in the players. Players lose trust in each other. 
the system just kind of breaks down at some point and then it, it goes from, you know, it just, the situation just expires. And, and unfortunately mm-hmm. for, for, for coach, coach Muschamp, it, it did. And, and, you know, you hate to see it, but he won't, he won't be unemployed very long. Um, even after this year, he'll get plenty of phone calls uh, for defensive coordinator jobs. I, I guarantee you that. And, and he'll, he'll, he'll land back on his feet. Coach Bobo will do a heck of a job as an interim coach and, and he'll land on his feet somewhere. Um, and, and that whole staff, I think is a, they're, they're a good staff that maybe they just, you know, they were at the tail end of a bad situation and it's just not going to work out for him. And, and you hate to see it, but I would most definitely, definitely like to see coach Muschamp on as, as an, as a analyst, if we can get him. And if, if he has that chance and I know Kirby would love to hire him and I think he'd make that happen. So, um, love to see him there and love to see him, uh, give us an extra set of eyes behind the scenes. So, um, and, and it doesn't hurt that he's getting that South Carolina's paying him 16 million, uh, to not coach football. So, I mean, I'm, um, I wouldn't be upset about that for South Carolina's sake. They better hope he get it. He gets a job between now and then, cause they're about to be paying a pretty penny if he doesn't. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to price themselves right on out of Hugh Freeze. So, yeah. um, but I mean, these games were just, you know, whatever, um, you know, Ole Miss, they, they can put up a lot of points, but they give up a lot of points. Nothing, nothing new there. Kentucky. I'm telling you, it, I think, I think, you know, just from what happened then, you know, and ironically that they just played Ole Miss, it wouldn't surprise me to see Muschamp at Ole Miss next year. Because you heard uh, I, Lane I Kiffin at the end of that, that game that said, we got to learn how to stop people. And, yeah. you know, once he starts giving those tidbits, you know something's coming right behind I, it. So. I, I didn't believe in Durkin from from the word go. I, I think, you know, I said earlier there's no such thing as bad coaches, and then I correct him also said there there are some that do exist. I think Durkin is one of those guys because I just don't think he's – I don't know. Like maybe maybe he just needs to be an assistant. He's yeah. not a coordinator. He's not a head coach. Maybe he just needs to be an assistant mm-hmm. where he's down the, down the ladder and just uh, does – you know, fa- falls in line with the head coach and coordinator because, I mean – what we know about the guy in his tenure at at, uh, at Maryland should tell you all you need to know. Um, what makes a good coach is being able, you know, player development on and off the field. I, I think that really defines whether or not you're a good coach. And, and obviously, um, knowing scheme and things like that, and, and having success with scheme. Um, I think if you have success along the way somewhere, um, you know, you you are solid in your schemes. Um, and then some of the other variables might affect your ability to coordinate or be a head coach. I just don't. I just don't think. I just don't think Durkin was ever a good fit for Ole Miss. I don't. I, I don't know if he's a good fit for a coordinator anywhere. Um, but he's definitely not a good fit for for the SEC. I think he's more of a Big Ten guy, Big Twelve guy. I, I think he just needs to go. Um, and I think Lane Kiffin needs to needs to try something else. And and since Will Muschamp's out there. Or if Derek Mason gets let go, maybe he gets Derek Mason. Somebody, somebody that's had real, true success as a defensive coordinator, needs to come to Ole Miss because Ole Miss is ready to pop in the West. Yes, they just they, need to, they, they just need are. to find some defense. They are, and you got to understand something too. If you got a coach in your staff that you know the kids don't like, or that the kids not you know vibing with, you know that that hurts you in recruiting. Because guess what? Yeah. When kids come to the school, hey, how's coach? How's coach so and so, man? He sucks. We don't like, you know, you get that. Yeah. And, and that's one thing about it, you know, and I've been there. So they'll tell you the truth. Like, man, he, he's not very good, you know, and stuff like that. So that, yeah. that, that plays into a kid's mind if he wants to come to the school, you know. So if you don't have player coaches there, you know, guys that who, who have proven that, that they're, they develop players, you know, to get them to the next level, um, to get them better and better each week, week in and week out. So, um, that that affects your recruiting, and I think Lane Kiffin is starting to see it. If he hadn't seen it already, because um, he's a smart man. So in, in every in every news conference, you hear him say, "We can't stop anybody, or we need help trying to stop people." You know, so he's yeah. throwing little tidbits out there. People paying attention. So I'm, I'm I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if he pulls a trigger, um, or if he just brings much tip on like a co defensive coordinator deal, and then slowly starts to weed you know, Durkin out, you know, so usually that, that tends to that. happen as well. You so. can't do that. You, you, you gotta, you gotta just, you just gotta pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, if that, if I, that I, case, I, you know, I agree. I, I definitely that, agree. That never works. It'll be a power struggle. That's for sure. 
Yeah, that um, never works. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, like I said, for, for me, you know, if I'm Lane Kiffin, I've, I've already called uh, Mushy and been like, "Hey, look, you know, I'm I'm ready whenever you are." You know, yeah. so, um, so he's a proven coach, and he's a proven yeah. coach. And if they learn to stop people, I mean that that train's rolling at Ole Miss offensively. So if they mm-hmm. learn to stop people, they're going to be deadly. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think in, in that situation, like when you're looking at a new new coaching situation, you can kind of tell, like, you know, if you have good players and you have bad scheme, maybe, okay, well, well maybe we need to make an adjustment with our schemes and with our coordinators, uh, whether it be philosophy changes or just all-out personnel changes in that department. Or if you just don't have the don't have the players but you have great schemes – you know, that could also factor into it. You'd be like, okay, well, we have great schemes, so we have promising uh, stuff. Let, let's get some – let's boost our recruiting. You can't have both problems. You yeah. can't have bad players and bad schemes. That means – that I mean, that's a pretty clear decision. Get rid of the – cut the head off the snake at that point and, and, and just get a new guy in there um, because, you know, we don't know based on bad schemes now. Uh, we don't – I mean – we already knew that they were going to be talent deficient on defense. We 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 knew that uh, because they they just haven't had the success at recruiting that um, in the past, and and so they were they were already depleted um, in that area. And so when when you bring that into account, and then you bring in a defensive coordinator who a not really much of a players coach uh, at all, so the players don't believe in him, um, and his schemes are already dicey to begin with. And when your players don't believe in your schemes, and your schemes are dicey. That's just trouble. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's just one of those things where Kiffin's just going to have to say whether he hires Muschamp or not, I, he needs to make a change. And and I think because they could play so much better. And, and you could see, like, teams that don't have much defensive talent that play really good, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Arkansas. Yeah. Um, Arkansas is the same. Vanderbilt. <laughs> they had the same problems. I mean, Vanderbilt hadn't really played good defense at all. Vanderbilt just needs a full-on program change, but that's a whole new show for a whole new day. There's an actual show on our network that addresses these issues, Believe in Vanderbilt um, football, on, on right here on this network with Matt Perkins and Ryan Seymour. We will actually talk with them uh, during Vanderbilt week, so I look forward to bringing them on. Ryan Seymour, actually, uh, Israel is a South Georgia guy. I think he is from Camden. I think he went to Camden. So, oh, that's not chop- South Georgia. That's over there on the coast. <laughs> Coastal Georgia. Right? See, I'm still learning my. I, I guess I'm still learning my geography. Um, so so that, that's why I brought you on. You can you can you can break down. Like I could tell you all about Metro Atlanta, um, but you, you're here to bring me uh, bring me knowledge on uh, on South Georgia and how how all the districts are uh, down there. But no, he's a he is a coast coastal Georgia guy. Um, Camden County guy. So look forward to talking to him. But, you know, I, I think Barry Odom, you know, is somebody that, you know, is much like Will, uh, Will Muschamp, players coach. Uh, I thought he got kind of got raw, a raw deal at Missouri, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but he's a great coordinator, players coach, schemes are solid. Uh, and, and it's obvious that it's working there in Arkansas. I mean, I know they just gave up a 63 burger, so it's kind of hard to say his defensive schemes are working, but those kids play hard, and there's not a whole lot of teams that have been able to stop Florida. So I don't really consider that a huge loss. So he, he's um, a, he's a couple of players away defensively from being able to do exactly what he wants to do. Because I mean, like we said, that first quarter, I mean, they they held Florida to seven points and basically nothing offensively. You know, so you know, kudos to the Florida coaching staff for figuring it out. But, I mean, also kudos to Arkansas's defense for, you know, being in the right place and being doing what they're being coached to do. So, like you said, I, I, like, I think you got a raw deal at Missouri as well. But, you know, it's something about when you're just a coordinator and you can just do what you love to do and you don't have to worry about every other aspect of life. You know, you don't have to worry about what's going on on special teams or offense or, you know, at your, the team as a whole. You know, you just kind of, you just kind of stay in your bubble a little bit, you know, and, and worry about your side of the ball to make sure that you know your guys doing what they're supposed to do um, and stuff like that. So make sure your guys are prepared. So I think that kind of goes along with the same thing for Coach Muschamp. You know, getting back to okay, I'm the defense coordinator. Let's make sure my guys know what to do and how to do it. So right, 
Right. And and there's a chance that, that Muschamp could be the next defensive coordinator at Georgia because I think Dan Lanning, uh, despite his struggles in the last couple of games, I think he would make a perfect head coach somewhere, um, you know, group of five level. I would love to see Dan Lanning come back to the, come back to the Tennessee area and, and lead the lead the Blue Raiders, the place where I got my master's degree. And I think he would be a great shot in the arm uh, for for that ball club, who's in a great great area of uh, up and coming talent. I mean, the Middle Tennessee area is just uh, it's just starting to boom a little bit. I, I think. The rest of the state, not not so much, but you know, Middle Tennessee recruiting wise is starting to kind of pick up a little bit. And you need a guy, uh, you need some fresh blood there at MTSU. Maybe Dan Lanning fits in well there. Um, he would be great. Has tons of great energy, great players, coach, uh, solid schemes. I know. I mean, the two team, the two teams we struggled against, everybody struggles against. So, you know, to mm-hmm. hold it against them, yeah, maybe. Okay, should we have done better? Yeah, definitely. Um, but. Does it make him a bad coach? All of a sudden, does his stock just plummet after those two games? No, not at all. Not a chance. And uh, I think he's a great recruiter, and he'd be great, great face of your program, especially if you're a group of five. Um, I was surprised he didn't get the Memphis job, honestly, oh, when Norvell left. Yeah, I was. I was, too. So, you know, you never know, especially with, you know, everything that's being shaken out and everybody freaking out what they want to do. So it's going to be an interesting rest of the season and it's an off season to say the least, because there's going to be guys hopping in and out of everywhere. Um, jobs coming up and stuff too. So it's going to, it's, it, college football is, is, is live and in effect and, it, and it's going to be really fun to watch here. And these next coming uh, months uh, leading up to the end of the season and after the season as well. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I, I think after, after that last game, this will probably turn into the uh, the believe in the coaching search show because you know that's probably what'll what'll dominate the you know because we'll talk about all the coaching changes uh, not only at Georgia as as they happen or if they happen, but ones that do affect Georgia. Uh, where whereas Auburn and South Carolina will probably be looking, Tennessee will likely be uh, joining the club. So we'll talk about those situations, um, and and so you know just kind of stay tuned to that. So. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting piece on on Will Muschamp. I I think you know, you hate to see it, but you know that that's kind of what happens in this business. It's a results oriented business. What can you do for me now? Type business, and it just didn't work out for him in South Carolina. Not a not a bad coach, just not a good fit for uh, the head coaching position at the University of South Carolina. Um, spent a few spent a few years at defensive coordinator. Maybe get another shot somewhere. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, the future is still bright for Will Muschamp, just not as of uh, yesterday. So um, that being said, Israel, is there anything else from last week that we want to uh, that we want to talk about before we put a bow on the uh, on last weekend and, and look forward and look ahead? Uh, no, just just everybody just realized something. You know, uh, me and Corey have been through it um, with our high schools. You know, with COVID and everything, and um, everybody just be safe. Um, you know, we really want to see this this season end um, and end in, in the safest way possible. Um, that goes from fans not rushing the field <clears throat> Notre Dame. Um, that goes from, you know, Halloween parties, which I'm sure were rampant, you know, because, yep. you know, kids are getting tired of being at home, you know. And, you know, at, at this point, you know, you just have to realize what's more important, you know, a Halloween party, you know, or, you know, finishing out a football season. Um, in which for a lot of for say the Alabamas of the world, you know, you're, you're essentially playing for a playoff spot in that championship, you know, so um, just, just being smart, um, you know, and, you know, and take care of yourself um, out there because I mean, it's, it's getting bad, um, but hopefully it gets better before it gets any more, any more worse. So um, everybody just be safe. That is, you couldn't have said it better. Um, and uh, just want to echo that same sentiment. Just be safe, do the right thing, wear the mask, be, you know, protect yourself, protect others, uh, you know, do, do what's right. And, and we can get through this pandemic and, and search for answers, you know, as, as they come up. And so just, just be flexible. I mean, that's just, that's just the lesson of 2020. Be flexible. Don't be that, don't be that person on, on social media that's yelling at everybody because somebody just wants you to cover your face for a little bit. It's not that big of a deal. I hate wearing masks too. I'm tired of all this crap just as much as anybody else, but I do what I got to do. I got, I do what I got to do to be safe. I do what I got to do to keep others safe. And I got to do 
I do what I got to do to to help uh, limit the spread as much as I can um, exactly. while it's still a living life. It's part of being a grown up. <laughs> it's always yes. a part of being a grown up. Exactly. And grown ups are the ones acting the most childish about all this stuff. You know, the, exactly. The, 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 the teenagers are, are generally pretty good. Uh, if they're not just, you know, most of the time, like our players, I don't know about yours, Israel, but they, you'll, you'll be like, Hey, where's your mask? Oh, sorry, coach. I forgot. Oh, yeah. That's it. Then the guess what they do? They hustle and go get it. You know, there's never a, yep. a why I got to wear it. You know, it's more like, Oh coach, my bad. You know, I just took it off for a second. I forgot. Let me go grab it. You know? So it's, it's yeah. never been, it's never been, the kids are, haven't been the problem. So, you know, just, you know, it's about being a grown up and, you know, being responsible and handling your business, um, like a grown up. You know, everybody wants to say, well, I'm grown. Well, you know, at grown, set an example for, for, for the kids and stuff like that. So, um, and, you know, it's, it sucks, but like you said, I hate wearing them too, but, you know, I do it for the safety of myself, my family, and others. So, you know, just, just exactly. be safe. Just be safe. Exactly. So, um, with that being said, we're going to we're gonna wrap the show for now. Uh, when we come back uh, th- later this week, we're going to do some game previews and uh, take a look ahead at the uh, UGA-Mississippi State game. Uh, the Pirate, we welcome the Pirate into, uh, into Athens, so we'll take a look and break down that matchup as well as the rest of the conference. And maybe we'll make some uh, in our, in our uh, out-of-conference pick segments. We'll, we'll take a look at a few teams that are surprising. Um, so we hope you have an Indiana type of week. We hope you have a uh, you know great week. We hope you have a uh, North Carolina type of week. If you if you don't get what I'm saying, uh, these are teams that were uh, victorious uh, this past weekend and teams that are feeling good about themselves. So um, we hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you uh, at the tail end of this week, and we'll get you ready for uh, this weekend's slate of SEC football. So. For Israel Troop, I'm Corey Burton. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. You can find us on Twitter, at Believe in Dogs, at Troopstar28, and at CoachBurton36. And uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, at Burton.Corey. You can find Israel on Instagram, at the same handle as his Twitter handle. So uh, you can find us anywhere you... um, Anywhere you listen to a podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. As always, uh, we wish you the best. We want you to be safe and enjoy the show, and uh, we hope you come back. And uh, with that, go dogs! Go dogs! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.